0: Whether we get enamored by the world of artificial intelligence and machine learning, it all starts with data. And if you're collecting that data with purpose and intent of what you're trying to find out from it, from what I've learned from everyone who works in that space, you're going to be a lot farther forward with purpose accumulated data rather than just data for the for the sake of it. Hello, and welcome to Industrial Marketing Simplified. This is a six-part audio series that explains how industrial companies successfully attract new prospects in tactical ways that are easy to understand. This is the fifth module, and we're focusing on technology, pitfalls, and opportunities. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm, and I'm joined by my business partner, Chad Croker. We specialize in helping industrial businesses attract new customers. Today's episode, we're gonna dive into the marketing technology landscape, often, or often referred to as Martech, the opportunities and challenges that exist how we recommend approaching the technology, your technology roadmap, and a few watch watchouts on the road ahead. Chad, as per usual, set the stage for us. What is the technology landscape?
1: Yeah, so some of you may have seen the infographic floating around. It's actually called the marketing technology landscape. If you haven't, if you haven't seen it, Google it. Uh, it shows all of the different technology solutions categorized by their primary solution area. For example, like email marketing. So they started it in 2011, where it went from 150 solutions to now over 8,000. For the most experienced business uh, leaders, that can be overwhelming to say the least.
0: So, in the as of the date of this airing, that is, it went from 150 to 8,000 in 10 years. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. and I'm assuming it's still cool continuing to expand. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You can you can now layer on ad tech and sales tech, uh, which is somewhat different options. But suffice to say that there's a technology solution to every possible marketing problem, and the landscape is near impossible to wrap your head around.
0: So back to the concept of simplification, it's almost impossible to simplify when you look at that document. I think it's designed to be, you know, one, a snapshot, but two, it's very overwhelming. So how do you divide it into some categories that we can actually make sense? So advertising, content, social media, commerce. Data and overall management, just a few of the buckets. So, break it down for us a little bit. How would you start to, from an industrial marketing perspective, categorize this in a way that we can use it?
1: Yeah, I mean, well, there's a dozen or so big platforms like your Microsofts and Adobe's that provide all in one solutions across all categories. Um, And then there's sort of hundreds of big category leaders who dominate in one or a few categories. And then there's thousands of literally thousands of niche solutions that focus on very specific problems or needs.
0: Okay, so as we're thinking about this, uh, the next step is, okay, great. We understand that there is this landscape. Yes, we're overwhelmed. We know that technology can be beneficial to us, but what are some of the benefits? Like, why would we take the time to figure this out more importantly?
1: Mm-hmm. I think the, the the four primary benefits I'll talk about is number one, speed, number two, scale, number three, automation, and then number four is insights. Okay. So, speaking to speed specifically, um, technology ultimately helps you do things faster, so the operative word being can <laughs> um, we all have experienced situations where technology ends up adding more time typically, we see our clients realizing the speed benefit once they've built internal processes and become disciplined in sticking to them so that's the 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 primary benefit is speed um I would say still the second is really scale, and these these Tools can help you do much more than you could without them, ultimately. Uh, For example, filtering through thousands of leads and sending personalized emails to those um, who looked at a specific piece of content. Um, Third is automation. So hand in hand with the first two is that they allow you to automate an incredible amount of work. I like to think of automation as the reuse of labor. So you're still creatively developing something, you're just reusing it. Um, There are tools that allow you to automate tasks across different platforms which is a powerful benefit um, in these kinds of technologies and typically one that we see often untapped. Uh, If it's not done well, it can create big problems.
0: So what I'm hearing, if I'm going to filter these back a little bit to speed, scale, automation and insights, but what I'm really hearing and certainly what I've seen is the discipline of you can't automate a process that you don't have. You can't speed up a way of doing something when you're not clear what it is. So whether it's any type of technology implementation, the need to have your workflow and the way you do it laid out, because that also allows you to really understand, like take this 8,000 item landscape that I'm looking at, what problem am I actually trying to solve with my technology? If I'm really clear, and to your point, that it's sending out those follow-up emails because now I'm actually getting leads and capturing them, but now I need to automate that process because it's not realistic to have somebody do that, oh, wow, now I have a little bit more of a filter of which which actual tool I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. And I've had a lot of technology leaders in all industries chat with me about where most companies fail is by not having their workflow mapped out first. Because if you don't know what you're trying to use technology to fix, technology won't just fix it by default. And I know that sounds a little bit vague, but by taking the time and mapping out, you know, I think we've all seen, uh, again, if you haven't Google it, some of the original Google algorithms where they went around the room on a piece of paper, they existed in the physical form of writing it out. So don't be shy and don't be scared to take a big piece of paper, take a whiteboard, use your computer, use Miro, use one of your online tools Mm -hmm. for whiteboarding and start to map out the journey that you're trying to automate. Then and only then does it become, I'm not going to say easy, but you start to get a little bit more focused on if I need to solve this problem, where do I even start going to look in this 8,000, you know, in this 8,000 deep bucket?
1: (laughs) Yeah. And all of that information is, is going to create a lot of data output. And ultimately, you know, with that extraordinary amount of data that you wouldn't otherwise have. Um, it really allows you to make decisions and, and create those insights and and about your customers, your business, what is working. Um, one of the things to consider, though, is that this can be a bit of a double edged sword. Okay. So so back to your point, if you're not disciplined in what types of information you look at or how you're interpreting, it can be it can be overwhelming on its own. Um, but the big piece is that it really gives you data, and without data, you can't have insights
0: yes. And whether we get enamored by the world of artificial intelligence and machine learning, it all starts with data. Mm -hmm. And if you're collecting that data with purpose and intent of what you're trying to find out from it, from what I've learned from everyone who works in that space, you're going to be a lot farther forward with purpose accumulated data rather than just data for the the sake of it. I know we're drifting outside the marketing bucket, but when you start talking about technology, we're just happening to apply it to marketing. Technology is very consistent in terms of it's challenges to the organization. So from well, that that filter, what are some of the big things that you see really maybe stop people from even acting?
1: Yeah, I mean the I guess the three words that I think about are number one uncertainty, uh, number two change and then number three ROI. So let's talk about uncertainty. Um, you know, it, it can be overwhelming to enter this space and and pick a tool to use. Uh, you really have to kind of ask yourself questions like, what area of my business will ultimately benefit from this technology? Mm-hmm. Which software is best for us and our individual requirements? What which package do I actually need? A lot of these te- these uh, technology solutions they have a variety of different packages that you know I, I, that really get you into the product. You know they all start with their sort of thirty day um, you know test and and then you get to really identify. So start small and kind of work from there. Is the is the cost reasonable? How many tools do I need, and how are they ultimately going to work together? So, so that will help you to get a little bit more certainty as to what you need.
0: Okay, and how much? And we didn't touch on it, but I think this layers into the buying group concept. How important is it to have a champion here? To have like, I know there's going to be multiple people involved in this because the same rules apply to our organizations as to the ones we're trying to sell to. Let's not forget that. When you think about that, you know, the ownership factor. How important and kind of what have you seen? If you know. I've personally seen organizations where there was a champion, even though there was multiple people involved, they tended to do better versus when it was a group of people and no one was literally putting up mm-hmm. their hand to own it.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess to simplify it even more is, is just make sure that you have a champion. So yes, it is important to have a champion. What I would say a lot of times kind of almost will trip people up is who in our organization needs to be that champion. Mm. I would say that that's almost a little bit less important than just, you know, picking a champion. I mean, ultimately that person is really going to gain expertise. Uh, it could be somebody, you know, ultimately the the best solution is to have somebody who's really responsible for your revenue growth.
0: Yeah, I right? was going to say, but t- the closer they're tied to the problem you're trying to solve, the more bought in and also the more educated they're going to be on the process that you currently have yeah. and how a tool or an automation. And then the next one, which is the big one, which is the actual operational change of the organization.
1: Yeah, so... I mean, along with this tremendous uncertainty during the buying process, the other big hurdle is that we see the level of change that's required uh, internally to actually use this this these tools. So you spoke a little bit about this this need for for process before you actually get into the technology. Um, you know, it certainly depends on the degree to which a company is trying to evolve. So if you have that process, there's this expectation or desire to evolve. And then identify the role that technology will play in the operations. So that commitment to change. I mean, you know, you you've used the term change management, which I think is is an important part of this process. Um, but you know, before that, you really have to have that desire to change and that commitment to change
0: it does come down i know it's so easy to talk about technology and get into the you know download speeds and upload speeds and server space and what's my what's my security plan but ultimately this when it comes to what i find has got organizations stalled is the is the human element mm-hmm. of this change factor of you know there's going to be people on board very excited about what this can do for organization there's going to be people that are quote unquote fine with exactly the status quo they might be a little bit more resistant. How you you know use consensus and bring people together back to the buying group mindset. You almost need an operational change group to really understand. Depending on the complexity of the technology that you bring in, how many different parts of your organization it will touch or influence.
1: Yeah, and this and this does depend on the size of the organization. Uh, really back to the point about you know having an internal champion. It does depend on the level of expertise, for sure, within, that, within your internal team on technology expertise, as an example. But this is where I would definitely say that finding experienced sources of expertise to help you anticipate and prepare for some of these changes is critical. This is not something that you really want to go at alone.
0: Depending on, back to your point, size, complexity, the some of the things that are going to be, you know, you also know your organization and how well it does at bringing in new ways, of, new ways of doing things. Yeah. Well, and then let's not forget the all important ROI question. Yeah.
1: So often because of the first two challenges, companies don't even get to see the return on their technologies, uh, on their technology investments that they were promised and hoped for because they don't even start. (laughs) So, I mean, return could could be things like saving time, improvements in activity levels. And ultimately, this is about positive impact on the bottom line. There are countless stories of companies investing in tools and having them sit unused or partially used with lots of features paid for and simply avoided. And even statistically speaking, up to 60% of purchase technology goes unused for the first six months. So, the return on investment again we're talking about the challenges here right the challenge is what type of return am i am i going to get and and that is unfortunately really just based on the first two
0: and i think so interesting it's been 10 years since this move towards technology is going to make our lives better when it comes to being marketers or salespeople or just businesses in in general. The concept of, you know, 60% purchase technology goes unused. You, You know, I know after six months, it sits there, there's a lot of excitement, and then it actually fades out. I would say that a lot of the companies I work with, probably our audience right now listening, has a list of these technologies that they've quote unquote tried with good intentions that are now sitting there idle or underutilized. You know, I sit with this phone in my pocket right now that I probably use 20, the 80, 20 rule. I probably use 20% of what this phone is actually capable of Mm -hmm. doing. I would argue that there's oftentimes a harder conversation in an organization because now it's like, well, yeah, why would we try this new technology? Look at these three other ones that quote unquote didn't work. So I want to be really respectful. You know as, as a leader in your organization, you might be pushing an idea uphill that has a lot of detractors. So so important to go back to your first two points of really going, what like remove that uncertainty and get it out of the conversation of like, well, why didn't this didn't work last time? Why would it work now? Be more disciplined around your process, be more disciplined around crawl, walk, run, which we're going to talk about in a second. What's the one or two things that it we're trying to change with this technology so we can show success early, just like your marketing campaign, crawl, walk, run. So Chad, specifically around this, and I can't emphasize this enough, how does crawl walk run play in as it does with everything? Currently, that's our that's definitely the underpinning of every module. But when it comes to technology, talk to us through why crawl walk run is important and what kind of
1: lives in each space. Yeah. Okay. So let let's start with crawl or, or to clarify is just starting, right? So this is like think about it as as zero to one. Um you typically in this particular case, you're going to be using your internal team. Uh and and really I guess ultimately know that you're going to have a bit of a of a limitation in terms of results, um, but you really want to start something to to learn from, and so you want to start with a good, well-rounded marketing automation platform, and it'll it'll serve as a good entry and provides a lot of the major features needed. So one of the, I, just to give a little bit of clarity on that, I mean, you can start with something as as simple as you know HubSpot. Um, you know, or, or even Marketo, we've actually taken a, a product and we've modified it specific for industrial companies that we're serving. Um, and, and really what you want to talk about in terms of the features is that you want to start off with some sort of automated email program, uh, CRM, a little bit of, you know, personalization in terms of some of the automation and some of your email nurturing programs tracking, these kinds of things. You can add a free Google Analytics and Google Tag Manager for tracking. Uh, it does a lot of the most important things that are really kind of good enough to start. It's, okay. It, that's where I would say crawl is super critical is just get something and start really small. Because oftentimes you'll get a sales team that'll be like, okay, we're gonna really, we're gonna get HubSpot sales and we're gonna dive super deep into it. Okay, we'll start with it, you know, go from zero to one. So that's the crawl. Let's get into walk, which is kind of by this time you have, you know, a fairly decent level of learnings about what is working with your company. And again, because you've started with crawl and your internal team, you're starting to get a feel of who's actually championing this. So you might start in your process with a particular champion that that you believe is really going to take this and run with it. But then you're going to find the kind of the team around that person that is really supporting the drive within industrial additional departments within your organization. Um, And you you really want to get yourself to a position that you're ready to invest in a a bigger way. So um, a little bit more detail in in the walk side of things is you're adding a few new solutions where you need it most. So where you've picked your package, you know, within your crawl sort of scenario, you're now adding a few additional features onto that. So typically the next area to evolve is uh, dedicated advertising platforms, data visualization, Uh, maybe a more robust customer data platform. You know, so this is the stage to start automated connections between tools. You could use something, I guess a good example here would be Zapier, um, where you've got that a bit more visualization. Mm. Um, The next would be run. And so that's where you've got really expert level learnings. And this is, you're going to have a little bit more clarification because you've gone through call and walk, uh, but you've really got a dedicated MarTech internal team. So by this time you're using some of the off-the-shelf solutions, um, but now need customized solutions that are built for your specific business. So uh, you're 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 kind of foregoing sort of the basic stuff, and you're really customizing. This is often focused on uh, addressing interoperability problems between different technologies. So getting everything really to play nice together. So integration is super key when you're at that stage. Would you say? Again, I believe
0: a lot of our audience and certainly a lot of the people, the customers that I deal with, they've already gone down this road and they're at different stages. Would you recommend, and maybe I'm leading here with my question, even if you've got technologies in place and they're not quote unquote delivering on what you hoped, do you just go back and start again? Like literally, like I'm not saying you have to get a new technology, but should you can take an existing technology, you have six months, there's nothing wrong with going back to the crawl stage on something that's sitting there, potentially underutilized or not delivering.
1: Yeah, yeah. absolutely well I, I this is sort of a similar thing, and when you see a lot of these laid out, you're going back to the the slide where you have eight thousand different solutions so yeah, absolutely I think it 's a critical point, and i'm really glad that you brought it up because you may be running in one particular avenue of your automation system, but you haven 't even started you know back to the system of like okay well you 're using twenty percent of your you know iphone you 're using that example, well, you can still go back to crawl when you look at you know different things within your technology that you're using. So mm-hmm. yeah, it is a bit of a, a sort of, you're moving around all over the place within your technology and that's totally okay.
0: But don't be shy as a leader in your organization who's looking for a different outcome to going back to basics that something quote unquote, well, didn't we buy that six months ago? Shouldn't, shouldn't that already be up and running? Does not yeah. always mean it's the case. And I think that there's always an opportunity. These tools that we have access to are so powerful. There's also, You know, it's a false belief that we should be able to, that we're going to master them really early and really quickly. Give yourself time to adapt. And we're creating a lot of permissibility here because this can be a really overwhelming part and something that can ultimately either derail or not underpin or set your marketing up for success. So, a few of the watch outs, like crawl, walk, run, I think everyone's grasping it. We've said it a couple of times now and it's certainly our theme. What are some of the watch outs beyond that that people really need to like, where, where, where do we trip and fall the most?
1: Yeah, I would say number one, it's it's not measuring your performance. Uh, two, it could be going to the stage a little bit too early. And then three is what I call the shiny object syndrome. So let's let's start just kind of clarify a little bit more, not measuring performance. So we want to make sure that you have clear metrics established and tracked. And this is, you know, at an individual tool level, but also overall, you need objective information to help you assess what is happening. And I think specifically in the industrial company space, Mm -hmm. where you've got a lot of kind of that engineering mindset, you know, data is super exciting to look at, Mm -hmm. right? Like when you're looking at the details and you see individual things, um, you know, I mean, I were to to mention maybe one particular tool even that we we've f- had a lot of success with even just like with hotjar as an example like you get to see exactly what they're clicking on when they're clicking on it you know, when you start and just to for see- anyone who doesn't have
0: experience with Hotjar, Hotjar is a tool that allows you to overlay your website with a filter that allows you to see in, in visual visualization where visitors are actually clicking and hovering with their mouse. Yeah. So it's again, like looking at the other side of the chessboard through your opponent's eyes. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm using it as opponent is a bad term, but through your, 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 your teammates or your, your, yeah. your, yeah, your game mates eyes. <laughs> Cause I think you're right. Not measuring performance is a theme we've brought up, but the discipline is understanding what it is in your organization that you're trying to look for. Cause not, measuring performance we've all heard it a million times but when it comes to technology it's drilling in through the what can often be distracting as like multiple data points and go these are the three things that matter and Mm -hmm. oftentimes that's where the discipline and also some of the experience is required to know what are the top three or the top five because there is no such thing as the top 20 things we all love top ten lists but there is no top ten list here If it's not in your top three to five it doesn't matter so that's when we say measure what matters be disciplined with your organization of what problem was this solving and how do we know if it was solved?
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah. And that, and I mean, not measuring is generally an outcome of just saying, okay, well, we checked that box. We have that solution. Now let's move on to the next thing, which ah. is the, the dovetail into the next, the next one, which is going to the next stage way too early. So too much too soon can be worse than not doing anything at all.
0: Mm.
1: Only look to expand when the need and the opportunity is obvious. So for example, you you maybe have exhausted your CM, CRM or Google Analytics capabilities. It's time to start looking for automation, right? And so a lot of times, and I'll even address this, is that sometimes people will just think technology immediately means automation. A technology can just be visualization as an example. So mm. really make sure that you know you're checking off the small boxes before you start checking off the big boxes. And then the, the third one is really this concept of shiny object syndrome, which is, I think, a lot of, you know, business leaders, I would say, you know, you can get tied into this because it's like, okay, well, we did this, you know, already three months ago. Well, what's our new thing? Or you might find, you know, some information or a new lead or whatever, and now all of a sudden you want to start tracking different things. So be crystal clear on what problem a specific tool is going to help you solve and why the investment cost makes sense and stay focused on it.
0: Discipline, discipline, discipline. I appreciate that. And being okay to have less wins that equal more wins mm-hmm. rather than trying to boil, boil the ocean. Uh, Chad, tons of information. And we got a little bit philosophical today on this one because there is so much around technology that isn't about the tool. It's about the people. It's about your organization. It's about your workflow. It's about what's important to you. And then and only then do you get to pick the technology. But yet the opposite often happens is we pick the technology first and then try to dovetail it into our processes. It. No matter what level of technology implementation you're going to uh, uh, attempt, that will be, uh, can uh, certainly set you up for failure, which is exactly the opposite of what we want. So today we talked about the marketing technology landscape, all 8,000 of them, and how overwhelming and exciting they can be. Um, It's opportunities and it's challenge. It's rich with opportunities, but oftentimes the challenges get in our way, but they can be mitigated and, and and work through with a solid plan. Um, how we, ro- we recommend approaching the technology roadmap, you know, hint, uh, it's crawl, walk, run. <laughs> With, and you got really specific on that today of kind of what that means inside technology specifically. And then a few watch outs, uh, you know, on, on, on the road ahead, not measuring performance specifically to the tool, not a broad concept, going to the next stage too early, I think. Uh, overstepping and getting excited about the next shiny thing. I think those tie really well together. So if you've enjoyed this module, please reach out and, you know, give us your feedback. We think on this one, there's going to be lots of feedback. Share your war stories, share, and more importantly, share your successes. Tyler Chisholm on LinkedIn, Chad Croker on LinkedIn. And by all means, pass this along to your team members. The sooner we get on the same page, the sooner we start driving results. And join us for module six, putting it all together.